we're going to be reflecting on a promise that Jesus makes about our heavenly father we're going to be reflecting on a promise that Jesus makes about our heavenly father and this promise is in the context of prayer yeah so i titled my talk uh, the promise of prayer um before i go into the context allow me to just uh, before i go into the passage allow me to set a little context into what's happening in this passage this passage if this is your first time in a church kind of setting this passage is from the new testament of the bible which is the part um, where jesus comes to the earth and what happens after that and um, the passage that we're looking at this morning is actually a very famous um, sermon that jesus preaches um it's called the sermon on the mount and these teachings are famous all over the world irrespective of which faith or what whatever you believe in you know these teachings you've heard these before and as a part of this long sermon uh, that jesus gives he invites us with a promise about our heavenly father uh, allow me to just read that before we go into the sermon I'm reading from Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. or which one of you if his son asks him for a bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him Shall we just pray before we start? Lord, what a promise. This is this is beyond our minds can fathom. And with such a powerful promise also comes uh, also creep doubts in our mind. So this morning even as we look at this promise, we know your word is true. Allow our hearts let our hearts to feel the truth of your word speak to us in your name we pray jesus amen amen uh here's what we're going to be looking at uh if you're a follower of jesus or even if you're not a follower of jesus you would have heard this before right ask and it will be given seek and you will find so here are the three things that we're going to be looking at the first thing is is this promise too good to be true i'm sure even as we read this it rang in your mind is this promise too good to be true the second thing the foundational truths of this promise the third thing how do we trust it how do we trust it is this promise too good to be true let's wrestle with that for some time sometimes some things in life seem too good to be true right um these shopping offers these days it seems so unrealistic the 80% or 100% of some of these products they are selling nowadays 
seems so unrealistic. Sometimes when we look at these offers, the first thing in our mind is, this is too good to be true. There's something hidden, some hidden clause. Let, let's just go on as if this is not true. Right? There's, we meet it with skepticism and then indifference to it. Anything that we read, which is too good to be true, to our rational minds, we treat it with skepticism and move on with indifference. I'm so sorry to say that this promise that Jesus makes also seems too good to be true in our experience. Right? Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. I mean, Jesus, what is happening? This has not been true in my life. Do you feel that this morning? So when we read this, we, we approach this with some amount of skepticism in our hearts and then we live our lives indifferent to it. It leads us to actually not ask, seek or knock, right? So this morning, I'd like to run three scenarios in which this promise could be true. And let's pick for ourselves what is the best case scenario in which this promise could be true. Is that okay? The first scenario, we indeed get all that we ask for. Some of you are still <laughs> already laughing. Have you ever imagined what your life would have looked like if you indeed got everything you asked for? It could be really dangerous. I mean, if we indeed got all that we asked for, we would be scared to ask. The last time I asked for something, that was scary. That didn't go well. We wouldn't even go to God. You give whatever you want. I'm not. This is not on me. I don't want to ask. When I look back, I still remember uh, when Taro and I just got married. Um, I used to go to Warsaw very often in those days. And uh, I, f I fell in love with that part of the city, right? And we really wanted to find our home in Warsaw. Nothing against Warsaw. Five years down the lane, I thank God I'm not living there. And I'm living in a different part of the town, which is so central to everything and our life is around here. So when I look back, I'm like, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. No imperfect person can be entrusted with a power to get whatever they wish for. No imperfect person. It's dangerous for them and it's dangerous for the world. And, and in, if indeed we got everything that we asked God for, we would be God and God would be our butler. If indeed... I say, God, can I have this? And God in the next moment gives it. We would be God. That's the first scenario. The second scenario. We get things when we ask for it. Right? Because this promise is saying, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find a knock. It will be opened. What if this meant we only get things when we ask for things? Let's look back in our lives. 
Imagine we got, let's look at everything that we have, where we are. Imagine we got only the things that we asked for and nothing else. That unexpected job offer, that unexpected uh, promotion, that unexpected person we've, we've met and who happened to change our lives, and an unexpected opportunity that just came our way. We didn't even go out looking for it and it just came our way and our lives are so much better because of it. Imagine none of this happened and we got things only, only the things that we've asked for. Would we want something like that? With our limited finite knowledge and experiences, sometimes we don't even know we need something. Have you ever gone to Ikea for the first time? <laughs> and I walked there, I'm like, whoa, I didn't even know this thing existed. I didn't even know I needed this. Something as simple as that, we don't know what we want. So we don't even know what to ask. Our lives would be so much poorer and boring if we only got things that we asked for. Now the third case, the third scenario. In this scenario, we have a trustworthy Heavenly Father who is infinitely wise, infinitely strong, infinitely righteous, infinitely good. He hears us and he gives us good things. Sometimes just what we asked. Sometimes just when we ask. Sometimes just the way we ask for it. We all have experienced this at least once, right? And other times he gives us something way better at a time he knows better and in a way that he knows best. Friends, which of these three scenarios would you be safe and joyful living in? When Jesus makes this promise, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened, it is in this beautiful, safe scenario of a healthy, a heavenly, perfect father who is infinitely good, who invites us. Say, ask, don't be afraid. If you ask something evil, I won't give it to you. Even if you can't see it in that moment and you ask, I won't give it to you. Don't be afraid. Ask, come, come to me. Ask, seek, knock. And friends, this is what makes this promise too good and true. Right after making this promise, Jesus is giving some undergirding truths which safeguard and protect this promise. Let's look at the foundational truths of this promise. Look at what Jesus is saying. Or which one of you, if he asks, uh, if his son asks for a bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. 
Jesus is making some really powerful points right after this promise. Look at the first thing he's saying. If you who are evil, second thing is saying, how much more will your heavenly father give you good things? Are infinitely good father. These are the two truths that Jesus is asking us to consider. We are evil and our father is infinitely good. Let's look at the first truth and see how we are unmindful of this even as we pray. Who is Jesus talking to in this passage? He's not talking to rapists. He's not talking to extortioners. He's not talking to murderers. He's giving a sermon. His disciples are his primary crowd. His disciples whom he has chosen, who have been doing life with him. And there's a crowd that has gathered to hear this sermon. Why is he calling them evil? He's doing this to make a very important point. Compared to the infinite goodness of the Heavenly Father, your goodness is evil. Our best works, our intentions are not just bad, they are evil. You know, here's the thing, our disappointment in prayer, it often stems from the wrong belief that we are good people asking for good things which are being delayed or denied by God. Don't we feel this way? Isn't this our disappointment in prayer? We are good people asking for good things which are being either denied or delayed by God. And then Jesus is breaking that assumption right there and saying, you who are evil, let that sink in. We do not come to prayer being aware that our hearts are evil. We think the very fact that I'm praying I'm good. That's the first truth. When we believe we are good people asking for good things which are being denied or delayed by God, we find it hard to trust that our Heavenly Father is infinitely good. And that's the second truth. And here's the thing. What was your first thing when you heard this promise? What do you think the goal of Jesus was to make this promise? When I look at this promise, oftentimes I'm thinking, this is not true. I've, I've asked and I've not received. This promise is not true. This, but Jesus here is telling the point of this promise is not that. The point of this promise is for you, evil children, to see the infinite goodness of the Father. That's why he's saying, how much more will your heavenly father? And Jesus uses that, that terminology a lot of times in the, if you read through it. How much more? How much more? The point of this promise is not that we get everything we ask for. The point of this promise is an invitation to see the goodness of the father. And that's the point of prayer. In prayer, we see the goodness of the Father. But why is Jesus comparing this heavenly Father to earthly fathers? Why is he saying if, if you guys don't give a stone if they're asking for bread, you guys don't give a serpent if they're asking for fish, 
Why, why do you think Jesus is comparing? When we talk about God as our father, the reference point we have is our earthly father. And the broken reality of this world gives us a pretty messed up reference point to begin with. As good and perfect as your fathers are, as our fathers are, compared to the heavenly father, he's saying they're evil. So what we do when, when, when we see heavenly father in the Bible, the first image that comes to our mind is our own earthly father. And we're trying to project that image onto our heavenly father. Needless to say, Many of us didn't have good earthly fathers. We've had men who've either abused or abandoned that responsibility and have left us with a pretty messed up reference point to begin with. If that is one reality, the other broken reality is many of us have probably even grown without a father either through death or through abandonment, we have not had a father growing up. So this leaves us with no reference point at all for our heavenly father. So how is Jesus bringing hope here? Friends, listen to me. He's saying, even if your father is good, which means he provided for you, he gave you bread and not a stone, and he protected for you, he protected you, where he gave you a fish and not a serpent. Even if your, heaven, your earthly father is good, in the light of the goodness of the he- heavenly father, our earthly father is evil. This means, this means, whether we've had good earthly fathers, or bad earthly fathers, the difference between them is negligible compared to the heavenly father, the infinitely good, the infinitely perfect heavenly father who Jesus is inviting us into a family with. How incredible is that? So, whether we've had good earthly fathers or bad earthly fathers, the call this morning is to fix our eyes on this infinitely good Heavenly Father. How do we know and taste of this goodness? How do we know and taste of his goodness? Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. It's an invitation for us sinful people. Prayer is an invitation for us sinful people to know the goodness of an infinitely perfect heavenly father. So what does experiencing this infinite goodness look like in the context of the truth that we are evil? Shall we spend some time looking at that? What does this look like? Here's how we experience the father's goodness. The first way we experience the father's goodness when we pray, when we ask, seek and knock, is in his yes. Out of his abundant goodness, like we've seen before, he gives what we ask for. 
he's he's not the satan is from the garden is always trying to project god as a sadistic god did he really tell you not to eat this no that's not the truth in his infinite goodness he gives us he wants us to find our pleasure in him at his right hand our pleasures forevermore and we have enjoyed the goodness of our father in his yes haven't we but the other major aspect of experience is goodness is in his no and not yet why is this tim keller says if we knew what god knows we would ask exactly for what he gives and because we don't know everything he knows when we sinful people ask some ask a god who is infinitely good he says no and not yet and friends sometimes we do ask for stones and serpents because our hearts are evil we don't see them as stones and serpents what are stones and serpents it is for any good thing it is any good thing that we ask that we desire for more than god himself which when we receive will lead us away from god and in his goodness to protect us he says a no or a not yet and here's the point i'm trying to make a no or a not yet from god is not goodness denied or goodness delayed it is goodness itself when father says not yet it doesn't mean goodness is waiting sometime in the future no it's goodness then our sinfulness has deceived us to see only god's yes as a good gift it has blinded us from seeing his no or not yet as his goodness and in a culture that preaches and says don't take no for an answer stand your ground it is so hard to see his no or not yet as goodness when we despise the father's no and not yet's and seek only his yeses we fail to enjoy the fullness of his perfect goodness that he invites us in asking seeking knocking are we going demanding a yes or are we open to seeing his goodness in his no and not yet friends recently um, one of our dearest family friends uh, passed away after years of struggling with a failed kidney and and years of weekly dialysis uh, she is a very dear aunt of my annie auntie and uh, some of us probably here know her uh, she was a nursing college principal and she was also a pastor's wife so she knew how to care for people and plenty of us have been praying for a healing for years god please heal her 
and she got a chance to go in for the kidney transplant operation. She went in for that, and her body didn't respond to it, and she passed away right after. When, when real things like this happen, no matter who you are, what you believe in, it shakes you up. God, for years we've been asking, and she, it was not like she was old. She was probably in her early 60s, 56. So when we ask, Lord, please, heal her, heal her, it feels like it fell on God's deaf ears, but but when I, when I attended the funeral service, we got to be a part of it through Zoom, thanks to technology. Everyone who shared, including, including her own children, spoke about how well she loved and cared for others, not just before her sickness, even in the midst of her sickness. And not just loving and caring, she had this, um, she had this wonder about life. Uh, her, her daughter was sharing... Uh, she had this desire to be to learn the guitar and play, but she never was able to do that. So her prayer was, Lord Jesus, when I come to you in heaven, I want to be the lead guitarist in the heavens band, right? She had this childish wonder and joy in the midst of her sickness. And then when, 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 uh, when we heard all of that, when people were reflecting on all of that, it pointed us to the goodness and love that she experienced in the midst of her sickness when God was saying no and not yet to her healing. She was enjoying his goodness. And that goodness only spilled over and overflowed into the people in her life. It also made me reflect on how I react when I hear a no or a not yet from God for things that I desperately, eagerly desire. It leaves me so bitter. Friends, how do you respond? How do you respond? Is there something that you've probably been desiring for, asking for, and it, it feels like your prayers are falling on deaf ears, or you're probably storming heaven's doors and the doors have remained shut for as long as you know it, this morning, the invitation for us is to see that God's goodness is not denied or delayed. He gives us immense strength and experience His goodness in the midst of the suffering. How do we see the goodness of the Father when we are in seasons of prolonged delayed no's and not yet's. You probably are in that season today. How do we trust this promise and know that he is good? How do we trust the goodness of the Father when it doesn't feel good at all? How do we continue to ask, seek, and knock? Let's look at the one who's giving us this promise. This promise is being made by Jesus, his son. Well, we can say, Jesus, what do you know? You are the perfect son. Every day you prayed, and, and there were days when, when you were on the mountain and you just prayed, Lord, multiply this 
food and it happened you you he communed with you everything you you asked for he did how would you know the pain that i am going through you can for you it is true ask and you received seek you seek and he's found and for the for you this promise is true but it's difficult for me friends allow me to show us that jesus knew what we are feeling on the night that he was betrayed in the garden of gethsemane just before he was going to consume that just and holy wrath of god jesus goes and he says going a little further he fell on his face and prayed saying father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as you will he prays the same prayer thrice in the length of the night in agony in a long and dreadful night jesus knew that the father whom he confidently told us you ask and he will give seek and you will find knock and the door will be open he knew that this same father who we so confidently spoke about will not hear his plea because it was not part of his perfect goodness and his perfect good and perfect will and he did this so that you and i evil sinful children can be accepted embraced and every prayer that you and i pray doesn't fall on deaf ears but are always heard by these infinitely good and perfect heavenly father you know a follower of jesus who went through a lot of suffering we 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 looked at his life the last couple of weeks paul many of his own prayers for healing were not heard but he says this he says this in romans chapter 8 verse 32 he says he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things friends this is why jesus is so confident in giving us this promise because he knew that the greatest good gift that the father could ever give us has already been given to us in him and every good thing that we ask for that we long for and desire for are ultimately found in him so in seasons when we feel like we are always getting the raw end of the stick and constantly met with a no or a not yet from god we get to experience the greatest gift that this good father has ever given us jesus christ in a much more deep and meaningful way every no and not yet from our father is an invitation to a deeper enjoyment of his greatest gift his perfect son jesus christ when i look at annie auntie's life she knew and enjoyed jesus like this in the midst of her suffering and through her illness and this is the hope that we have 
in the midst of a suffering, we have the greatest gift who, who, is a, who empathizes with us. Who not only empathizes with us, who comforts us. And not only comforts us, but he satisfies our soul in the midst of it. What is one practical application for us in the light of all that we've heard? How do we practically pray in this broken world and continue to ask, seek and knock, believing in the goodness of the Father? How do we do this? We see the answer to it in Jesus' own prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he asks that, he says, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. As difficult it is to say, not as I will, but as you will, is the greatest expression of trust in the goodness of our Heavenly Father. It acknowledges the fact that even though I don't see it right now, even though what I'm asking for seems so good and so needed and, and it feels like I cannot live if I don't have this, even if I can't see it yet, I want to know and acknowledge that this, what I'm asking, could be evil. Let your perfect will be done. Not as I will, but as you will. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, uh, what, what can you make of this? You know, here's a God who acknowledges the questions and the requests of our heart. There is no one, there is no God who makes this promise and says, ask, seek, knock. And he's not just talking about the questions of our mind, right? The things that you're battling uh, intellectually. He's talking about the questions of our heart, questions of our soul. There are so many things that we can't even find the right words to ask. He knows. He's inviting you. Ask, seek, and knock. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what is it that you're battling with this morning. Would you like to claim and come to Jesus and ask the Heavenly Father, I don't know you, but here's the invitation, so I come. Would you answer? Would you, would you speak to me? This is what I'm struggling with. Here's the God who acknowledges and seeks. Would you want to ask him what you're struggling with? Seek. Tell him honestly, I'm not able to find what I'm looking for. Nothing is, seems satisfying. Would you help me find this joy, this peace that I'm seeking? I'll just give us a moment 
uh, for both us, those of us of followers and explorers, take a moment to rest in this promise. Take a moment to ask yourself, what does this promise mean to me in my life, in my situation right now? What can I ask for? Some of us are probably are tired of asking, seeking and knocking and, and doing everything that we can to find these very things in our own strength. And that can be tiring. Would you come to Jesus and ask the good Heavenly Father for all that your, all that your soul and the heart longing for? Just give us a moment to do that and then I'll pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, uh, we come to you. Uh, our hearts are still wrestling with this promise. In this broken world, it's so hard to believe it. But help us, Lord. Help our unbelief. We want to believe this. Would you help our unbelief in helping us taste your goodness? when you say no or not yet. Help us to rest in your goodness. Help us to not doubt your goodness. Help us to meet Jesus in the midst of our pain and know that you are good. You are good. Holy Spirit, would you help us to continue asking, seeking and knocking and then not in all the wrong places but at the feet of our Heavenly Father. Bring us back to His feet and then seek His face every day for every little need and for everything that our hearts desire and want. Thank you for this invitation. We don't deserve this. We don't deserve this. In your goodness, you welcome us. We worship you, Lord. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.